Upon receiving a cancer diagnosis, the patient typically faces many challenges, including feeling confused, overwhelmed, and alone. All of them are emotionally draining. The gaps between the guidance, emotional support, and education that is needed and what one actually receives can be huge. This podcast fills those gaps. My name is Talia Dendi, and this is Navigating Cancer Together. Hello, and welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. My name is Talia Dendi, and today our very special guest is Kim Dalzell. I love speaking to this woman. I love her energy, and I know that you guys will as well. Kim, in collaboration with oncology nutrition professionals, she is a PhD, RD, international speaker, author and cancer advocate. She founded cancernutritioniq.com along with an online community and resource library for anyone who is concerned about cancer. It is their hope that you will start by exploring their free quiz to see how your current diet stacks up against cancer and continue on to learn more about their on-demand personalized nutrition plan for general cancer prevention, actively fighting breast cancer or a recurrence. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. I cannot wait for the audience to learn about this amazing product and all of the great information that you have to offer surrounding nutrition. Well, thank you, Talia. Um, You're very welcome. Thank you so much. So Kim, how did you get started in the field of cancer and nutrition? Yeah, I, I, I would say that sometimes people pick their profession. I would say my profession picked me when I was a very young registered dietitian. My first job, um, I was offered the cancer unit and I said, uh, no, thank you. I can't help those people. I was I really had it in my mind that there was very little that nutrition could do in terms of cancer. Now, this is 180 degrees from where I am right now, but it was really, I walked, you know, I, I haven't been diagnosed with cancer at the time that I started working with cancer patients. I didn't have anybody in the family that was diagnosed with cancer. And so I didn't have this understanding truly, even though I'd gone the professional route and understood that Yes, there are certain things we can do, but I really felt like I'm not going to be able to help these people give me anything, anything but the cancer unit. Of course, I show up day one and they say, guess what? You've got the oncology unit and the bone marrow uh, 
transplant unit. Oh. And it was it was great. And I started to, I really started to see that um, I, I can do some things. I can make a difference, but it wasn't until I started working for a, a more of a holistic alternative cancer clinic that I'll, I'll never forget to lay. I walk in the door. Um, I'm all puffed up now because I have my master's degree. I'm quite intelligent, you know. I have I have all of this background, and I'm very well versed. And I <laughs> say to the patient, "Hello, I'm Kim Dalzell. I'm your dietitian. How can I help you?" And there were two patients talking, and they said, "Oh my gosh! So I'm so glad you're here. We were curious. What's the difference between the tocopherols and the tocotrienols when it comes to vitamin E?" And what is the interference that might happen? And I went, ah, ah, my mouth just wide open. At that moment, Talia, I realized that the way you fight something is to understand that there is something you can do to fight. Mm-hmm. And I began, it was, I really thank my patients for that because that set me on a whole journey to get a PhD in holistic nutrition and bring the best of conservative and, you know, the allopathic and the naturopathic um, components to cancer healing. And it's taught me so much. And I feel like it's just been a blessing in disguise. Really, I agree. I agree. And I'm so glad that you took that extra step because it's so important for cancer patients to understand how critical nutrition is to their healing and also to fighting cancer. A lot of times it's hard to make that connection. And, you know, it doesn't really help when you show up to get chemotherapy infusions and they're passing around a basket full of junk food. So, yes. <laughs> so we need people like you. <laughs> and so you often mention that there are some core philosophies about cancer and nutrition that everyone should understand. Can you tell us about a couple of those philosophies? Yeah, I would love to. And thank you for asking that question, because, you know, I start every consultation by sharing some overarching philosophies that I feel will help really get people in the right mindset of why they should do what I'm going to be asking them to do. It's not enough just to give the rationale. You have to, you know, you don't want to just give the recommendation rather. It's let's have the rationale behind the recommendation because once you understand why you're doing, you're more likely to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So the first philosophy is really that, and, and, and this 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 actually is a little pet peeve of mine. Um, I only have two pet peeves. You know, this is one of them. Only two, right? That's good. Yeah, <laughs> not bad, right? But it's it, it it actually it's less of a pet peeve, and it more hurts my heart. And here's what it is: I have people who uh, that I've seen go through cancer treatment. They walk through the clinic door. They say, "I'm cancer free." don't have to worry about it again. And it's completely off their radar. And here's the thing. Cancer grows for a reason. It grows in the environment because the environment allows it to grow. 
If you don't change your growing environment, why wouldn't cancer come back? So the philosophy here is understand you have an environment, you have a garden. What is your soil like? What are you cultivating? How many weeds are there? How can you get rid of those weeds, right? And we have evidence to suggest that the initiation and promotion stage of cancer, those first two phases of cancer can actually be reversed by diet because diet changes the growing environment. And whether that's for prevention, anything that prevents is gonna prevent a recurrence. In terms of, of active cancer, it's the same thing. Bottom line is, is that Food is medicine and food is kitchen chemotherapy. So active patients are getting chemotherapy, radiation, surgery, and you can burn and poison and cut. But if you don't change that growing environment, why wouldn't cancer come back? So that's the first thing I really want people to understand. And the second thing is really something simple. It's called the power of synergy. And it is really just that small things you do add up to big results in the body, that it's the whole food that has all of the compounds together that can make the most benefit rather than isolated supplements or doing three major huge things. There are 11 different cancer control pathways. And often people will say, well, I want to protect myself against cancer. Therefore, I'm just going to support my immune system. That's one pathway. What about decreasing inflammation? What about decreasing anti-metastatic cap capability? I call that decreasing your spreadability, oh. right? <laughs> kind of like, like peanut butter. You want the chunky, yeah? Uh, <laughs> you, know, you don't want the smooth. Um, right. so, the, so food works together to help create extra healing, boosting. I was telling somebody the other day, your cells, get really happy when you have different things combining together. Just for example, an avocado, you're adding that into a green salad. That increases the absorption of a number of different plant chemicals anywhere by four to 15 times more. Just by adding in that avocado, you're taking in more of those cancer-fighting chemicals that are gonna support your immune system, your skin, your eyes. Well, hey, if I'm going to eat a salad, why don't I add one, you know, just do a little, mm -hmm. a, add a little here, add some broccoli and tomatoes together to potentiate the effect. And now I am, I'm powering up my food and powering up my cells and powering up my cancer fighting potential. I that's the power. That. That's the power of synergy right there. Absolutely. And I just love the way that you explained it. What is your soil like? Listeners, ask yourself that every day before you get ready to put that bad thing in your mouth, whatever that happens to be, what is my soil like? Am I helping my chances of preventing cancer or am I feeding my chances of getting cancer? So great philosophies. You explain that very well. There's one thing, Kim, I, I just want to kind of take a little detour for a quick second here. You mentioned broccoli mm -hmm. and I'm bringing up broccoli because there has been a lot of talk lately about how acidic broccoli is. 
and how broccoli and spinach may not be the best. Can you touch on that just a little bit, please? Sure. So fruits and vegetables, actually, even the most acidic fruits and vegetables, citrus fruits, going to be a lot more acidic than broccoli, but broccoli and spinach contain high levels of vitamin C, therefore ascorbic acid, therefore they contain acid. Mm-hmm. So you would think, well, these acid foods, they can't be that good for me. I need to be on this alkaline diet. I've got to make yeah. sure that I've got lots of alkalinity going on, right? This is where this is where being a conservatively conventionally trained dietitian comes in handy because when you look at the metabolic breakdown, what happens, in other words, when you put broccoli or, or citrus fruits into your into your mouth, your chewing comes down into the stomach and turns into alkaline ash, not acid ash. It is actually alkalinizing. Mm. It, it makes your pH go up. So it's a really good thing. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sorry, you're not getting out of doing broccoli. <laughs> you, I know why you asked that question. <laughs> You know, I love broccoli. I love spinach. <laughs> so we're all good. I just didn't know if I should reduce my intake. Don't you it dare. Sounds like I'm good. Okay. Don't you dare. That's right. <laughs> all right. I love that. Thank you. And so nutrition therapy can be pretty broad and many cancer patients don't have access to much nutrition. Can you please talk about this a bit and what levels of nutrition can be provided for cancer patients? Uh, and this is such an important question because people, uh, gosh, we get the gamut. I, I literally, I talk to people who have no clue, no clue whatsoever that nutrition makes a difference. <laughs> That's where I was at, right? <laughs> and then people who are so empowered and they're doing every, they're, they're eating amazing, right? Amazing, healthy, healthy diets and everybody in between. So as a dietitian, I kind of look at where people are at in the first category. First of all, I think it's important. This is really, this is important to get to is like, why, why do we have the extreme? Why, why doesn't everybody know? Mm-hmm. Well, unless you literally have been diagnosed with malnutrition, when you are in the hospital getting cancer treatment, you are not going to see a registered dietitian. You're not. In fact, in an outpatient oncology clinic, this was a study done not that long ago, for every 2,300 cancer patients, only one dietitian was available. Do you think that dietitian is going to be able to see that many patients? No. So they have Mm -hmm. to prioritize, they have to triage, right? Mm -hmm. They're triaging and you're going to get missed. Now you've fallen through the cracks. And unless you have somebody, unless you yourself figure something out or you know somebody that is very empowered to say hey you may want to be looking at this you're not going to have a clue you're going to walk through those clinic doors and think everything is just fine and it might be just fine but let's keep you fine let's help you understand that there are things you can do to keep you from entering that clinic door forever Mm -hmm. so it starts with the, this risk of malnutrition. So people are going to know about, about the value of diet. 40% of cancer patients end up dying of malnutrition, not of their cancer, 40%. Wow. So for those individuals who are 
losing tremendous weight, they're cachectic, their muscles are wasting. Um, that's when a dietitian will be employed. And here's why. Because unless you can keep the patient relevant and thriving, you can't get chemotherapy into them. So that then stops, right? That's the key. We have, we have the malnutrition group. <laughs> and then we have the, the people who only see a dietitian if there is a side effect. Oh, you know, they're having constipation, they're having diarrhea, they're having mouth sores. Let's bring in the dietitian and let's see what kind of advice they can give them. All right. To me, those two categories are the bare bones basics of what anybody should get. And I say bare bones basic and I do not say foundation. Bare bones basic means that everyone, well, here's really what I want to say. Everyone deserves to know what they can do. And yet so many people barely get anything. They get bare bones, bare bones. Now let's start putting the meat on. The next category is actually those who are uh, told, hey, eat healthy. The problem is <laughs> not a lot of people know what that means. And if the doctor says eat healthy, and I just talked to an internal medicine doctor yesterday who called me <laughs> the nutrition internist. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said, I'm an internal medicine doctor and I got two hours of, of, uh, of nutrition and I see what you know, and you're the, <laughs> you're the nutritionist internist. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, is that it does take a lot of education to know, and there's a lot of stumbling out there. So healthy eating there's a subset of people that are going to, you know, well, maybe I'll stay away from white bread. Maybe I won't eat so much sugar. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I'll stop frying my food. Those are some basic, thing, basic things you can do. Um, that's fantastic, right? And then you move into another category, which is food as medicine. Mm -hmm. And this is really where I believe everybody wants to go. Food as medicine. And I even take it one step further back in, oh, I'll say 20 years ago, 20 mm -hmm. years ago, I pioneered, uh, I was looking at all of the research to specific cancer cells, realizing that for colon cancer, there would be different dietary recommendations than for breast cancer, than for pancreatic cancer, than for lung cancer, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So putting together protocols that were more specific to cell type and then going one step further and putting together protocols specific to subtype. Uh, mm -hmm. So estrogen receptor positive breast cancer or triple negative, for example, right? Getting mm -hmm. nitty gritty. Why? Why is it so important to do that? Because nobody eats healthy in the first place. I mean, come on. I don't. I know better. <laughs> I still don't do it. Not every single day. But I'll tell you what, if there's something important in my health and I know it's going to make a difference, I see research that it makes a difference and I'm not so overwhelmed and I can pick up five or six or seven new habits mm -hmm. that I feel are really going to empower myself. I'm going to do that. But this whole eat healthy thing, let's eat an anti-cancer diet and be healthy. There's so much you can do. There's no way you're going to do it all. Yeah. So let's really get fine tuned. And let's, and the last thing I'll say about food is medicine to Leah is this. 
the reason why nutrition therapy takes longer to come into effect, mm-hmm. of, you know, compared to a pharmaceutical, compared to a drug, you, know, you take yeah. a drug, you take <laughs> a drug, you know, your infection's gone in a day, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but with nutrition, it's going to take longer, yes. right? Because it's more balanced. It's it's more nature. The, it's going to take some time for the body to wrap around it and get it all figured mm-hmm. out, right? but you must do enough in order to tip the balance. You must tip the balance. So you want to have food and nutrients and supplements act as pharmaceuticals without the negative side effects. It means you got to do enough of the right kinds of things to make things happen in the body. So true. So true. And, you know, Kim, I just want to circle back around to some great points that you made. The first one was that there is one dietitian, pretty much in different hospitals and cancer centers. I can co-sign on that and say that is very true. I experienced that. I went to a dietitian and I was just given this list with beans and rice and things like that. And I'm like, well, When I feel like eating that, I already do that. So, you know, it wasn't very helpful to me. It's it's great that they have that option. I just wish it would have been more detail, I guess, and more education about things that I didn't already know or that are pretty much common knowledge for most people. So that's that's one thing, one point I want to make. The other one is forming five to six habits. That to me seems more achievable than this big massive change. Don't eat this, take out that, you know, only eat this on certain days. I think that forming those habits is so critical. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And I'm sorry that you had that experience. And as long as we're wishing, as long as we're wishing what we want, I wish that you would have that you would have had the opportunity for the dietitian not to give you a list, but to actually ask you a question. To actually say, what kind of information do you need? Where are you at now? How can we design something that's going to help you based on where you're at? Feel empowered before mm-hmm. as you're walking out that door. That would have made a a very big difference because what I ended up doing was going off on my own again and trying to learn as much as I could. Because as you've explained since we started this conversation, there is a whole biology behind this, a science. It's not just, you know, pick this and let's see how it works. You have to continuously do these things. And, and finding the right fit for your type of cancer, for you and your lifestyle, all of those things are so critical. Yeah. Yeah. We think just because we eat food that we're experts in food. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. True. Yes. I know. I know how to add, but you don't want to hire me as an accountant. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's not your area of expertise. <laughs> Kim. For breast cancer, soy and collagen are really controversial subjects. Can you please shed some light on these subjects? Yeah, and I want to be real quick and and honor everyone's time here. So here's what I'll say about soy. Uh, It's very misunderstood. 
And the reason it's misunderstood is because there's really two camps of research. The first camp of research is saying soy is good for prevent for preventing cancer. It's good to prevent a recurrence. If you have uh, estrogen receptor positive breast cancer, yes, it's good. The other side is saying you better stay away from soy. Soy isn't mm -hmm. has estrogen in it. You better not be messing with that kind of stuff. You know that helps grow uh, breast cancer cells, right? Yes. A certain subset. So, of course, we're confused about that. Now, you got to dig down into the research a little bit more, and you see that the research that shows that soy is actually bad for us, they are using, the researchers are, are using isolated soy proteins, genistein and diazine. So, um, the way I could say that so everybody would get it is you have an orange mm -hmm. and then there's vitamin C in an orange. They've taken the vitamin C out, but they've left all the other components. And what did I say earlier oh. about the value of synergy? Mm -hmm. So when you take one thing out, it creates an imbalance in the body. And what's happened is the soy phytoestrogen, the plant estrogen actually, uh, acts more like a human estrogen, the estradiol, which once it attaches to a breast cancer cell, it gets into that receptor, it activates it. You don't mm -hmm. want that. So I want to, I want to explain it this way too. If you've ever been fumbling around in the dark, you have a whole bunch of keys, right? <laughs> you're trying to get into your house. Maybe you've had that extra glass of wine and uh, <laughs> you know, you're just, you're in the dark and you're putting, you've got a bundle of keys and you put one in and it fits but it doesn't turn the lock. Mm -hmm. Plant estrogen is the key that fits, but doesn't turn the lock. So it actually blocks the big bad estrogen from coming in. In that way, it serves as a protector. Soy is good for everybody. And if there's a whole, you know, I have a whole blog report on, uh, on hormone balancing and and soy and flax and all the plant estrogens there's 400 foods that contain plant estrogens i mean carrots mm -hmm. contain plant estrogens right Brilliant. yeah carrots so uh but soy contains the most so that's that's kind of the dilemma there so the take-home message just to wrap it up in a nice pretty bow is <laughs> that whole food soy edamame soybeans soy milk um tofu these soy foods are going to be safe because it acts more like the key that doesn't activate the lock, whereas the isolated isoflavone, like the genistein or the diazine, that acts more like the estradiol or the estrogen key that and activates it. So we don't want that. Regular foods are good. Pills and powders are not. When they say, you know, like 100 milligrams of, of genistein, not a good idea. So that's soy. And then, you know, collagen, you think to yourself, I, I always, I didn't even, a collagen was not even on my radar to Leah until a breast cancer patient of mine said, Hey, listen, I'm getting ready to take collagen. There isn't any reason why I shouldn't, is there? And I went, Hmm, I honestly don't know. So I started doing some research. And at first I was like, hey, wait a minute. Well, everybody makes collagen. So it's naturally mm -hmm. in our body anyway. What's wrong mm -hmm. with that? 
then as I was digging, oh, good for joints, may help with skin and hair and nails. This is looking pretty good. Maybe I better start taking a bath in the stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then I start finding the research and some of the some of the reports on collagen that really got me concerned. So one of the one of the reports I found. Uh, they looked at 28 different brands of collagen, and these were all types, whether it be from marine animals or bovine or pig, whatever, any source, any animal source whatsoever. And this has nothing to do with the fact that it's an animal source. Let's just put that aside mm. right now. So regardless of the source, what they found was that arsenic, cadmium, lead, mm. heavy metals were in anywhere from 30 to 60% more in these particular brands. Now, if you're experimenting with something, a little bit of talk, a little bit of heavy metals, you, we're gonna get that. Mm -hmm. But collagen is something you would take ongoing. And that means your risk of heavy metal toxification increases the longer you're on it. So you have to ask yourself, well, maybe that's not such a good idea, right? The other thing is that, we have, there are fibroblasts in breast cancer cells, for example, fibroblasts, and in, well, in a number of, uh, in every cancer cell, but these fibroblasts shoot out collagen mm -hmm. and wrap around tumors like an, uh, some armor, and it keeps white blood cells from coming in. Now, remember our white blood cells uh -huh. search, target, and destroy cancer mm -hmm. cells. Yes. So now we've just built up this armor and sometimes chemotherapy can't get in mm -hmm. because of the massive amounts of collagen. So does it make sense? There's a whole report. I have a bonus report on, uh, on collagen and cancer. This, this just is the, the tip of the iceberg of what I found, but um, my bottom line in telling people is look, you drink green tea that actually preserves your collagen stores and begins mm. to, to support collagen. Mm -hmm. uh, there's other things you can do for hair, skin, and nails, mm -hmm. uh, right? More eating more fruits and vegetables. And it's the risk versus, risk versus benefits. And I'll tell you what, I'd rather look really, really healthy on the inside than have one less wrinkle on the out. I'm with you there. Yes. I love that analogy. And audience, if you are on the fence about connecting with Kim, I hope that you're not on the fence any longer because the way that she breaks things down and explains things is so important to understanding and knowing that this is something that you can do. So Keep that in mind throughout this conversation. Pay attention to how she is explaining these very complex ideals and in philosophies. So keep that in mind. I just wanted to point that out because that's one thing that really stood out to me. I always say you can be an expert at anything, but if you are not a good teacher, if you can't explain those things, then what's the use? So I just wanted to to share that, you know, and make sure that you keep that in mind, because that's important when you're talking about your health, is being able to understand what is being shared with you, so you can make the best decision, because you understand what you're being told, you understand what your options are. 
So that's just my little, you know, um, preaching for a little bit there. So <laughs> sing it, sister, sing it. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Kim, please tell us a little bit more if there's anything else that you want to add to why you founded CancerNutritionIQ.com and yeah. what value your program can bring to our listeners. Yeah. Well, I think you actually just summarized it really well there <laughs> is like, if you don't know what to do, it's a, first of all, it's just having an awareness that there are things that you can do. So having the education, understanding that there's a place you can go. So Cancer Nutrition IQ was really put together, founded by me uh, in conjunction with uh, several other dietitians and nutritionists our top recommendations, again, for cancer prevention, as well as for breast cancer, colon cancer should be rolling out soon. I've got 16 different protocols for 16 different kinds of cancer. So we're loading them up as fast as we can, because we know people deserve that food as medicine, self-specific information. Mm -hmm. And that's really the two things that we wanted to do more than anything was to get people to stop guessing, to stop wondering, to being afraid of what to eat or not knowing or thinking, am I really doing everything I'm supposed to do? That was one thing. And then the second really important component is we wanted to create something that not only was so good, so thorough, but was so inexpensive. Because mm -hmm. the number I literally talked with $14.95 one time fee to that's get a personalized it. plan. You're not going to get, you know, <laughs> that's a book, right? Yes. Um, but what, what I, I was just talking to somebody a few days ago, her husband was diagnosed with prostate cancer. They did not want to go the traditional route. They wanted to go all natural medicine and, you know, natural medicine costs, it costs mm -hmm. money, right? Yes. You want to go all covered. those alternative. That's right. So they literally said, we'll probably just have to sell our house. Mm. Probably just have to sell our house. And I've heard that all along, all along. Now it's really impossible when somebody comes to see me individual, I can't charge 1495. I can't do it. Right. Right. Um, my family would disown me. I think I'd be kicked out on the curb <laughs> for not, not making enough money for my own supper, but that's why we wanted to develop something. Here's the thing. It was back in 2000 when my sister-in-law was diagnosed with metastatic cancer. And one night she calls me, she was living on the East coast and she called me. It was 10 o'clock her time. That was late. Mm -hmm. Leslie, why are you calling me so late? Oh, she's, I'm really confused. I don't know what to eat. And I was like, well, what, what have you had today? What'd you have for dinner? And she said, well, I haven't eaten. And I said, it's 10 o'clock. Why haven't you eaten? And she said, honestly, I'm afraid to eat. I don't know what to eat for my kind of cancer. Now I probably heard that many times, but that night I heard the focus of my kind of cancer. And I realized this opened the door that people needed to understand. You can't do everything. Let's focus on what you need to do. That's the most important for your particular kind of cancer. And let's do it without breaking the bank and making it difficult for everybody around you financially 
It's not fair. It's not right. It's everybody's right to get this information. And I'm not, we're not going to stop until we have a million people who have been empowered. That's our goal. One million. And so we thank you because you are offering us a voice mm-hmm. out there to, for other people to hear that this can make a difference. So all levels we have, you take a fun little quiz. It's like 20 <laughs> questions. It's cute. It's so cute. It is. And, it you, is. You, and you find out your cancer nutrition IQ and you, you know, your little champion status. You can either be a discerning diner or, or a nourished novice or a superfood sage or uh, very few people are a good health guru. So, you know, don't feel bad if you're not. And um, and then from there, you're offered to personalize everything. Several more questions and you'll get that personalized plan back office with all kinds of uh, all kinds of not only scientific data, but really a focused food list, where even that alone, mm-hmm. paste on your refrigerator and be like, oh, that's what I need to be doing every day. Okay, yes. that makes it easy, right? Yes. And then, of course, we have a gift option because we know there are people who love and care about others and they don't know what to do to help. This mm-hmm. is a great opportunity to gift somebody um, an inexpensive but a very powerful uh, gift that can help them heal and take them on through their life journey. I agree with that. And it, it would be a very great gift. I can honestly say that I signed up. It is $14.95, a one-time fee. And I probably signed up about two weeks ago. I have not had the opportunity to go through all of the information in there. There's a lot of valuable information. And right away, you do, you get the shopping list, you get a list of certain herbs that you should have in your pantry. I found that to be very helpful and just tons of information. The other part I wanna point out is that it's not a dry website, it's a fun website because really who wants to, talk about nutrition. It's not that fun. Well, I <laughs> <But> do. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yes, yes, you do. And the website makes it fun. It's very engaging. It's nice to look at. And it says health. So check it out. You know, um, I'm telling you about this because I've, I'm actually a member of Nutrition IQ. And um, check it out. I mean, you pay probably 30 bucks to go out to dinner. So invest $15, $14.95. And if you don't like it, okay, $15. But you get a lifetime of valuable information is my point. Thank you. Yes. And if you don't like it, you better come to me. I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll find <laughs> yes. something you'll like for sure. <laughs> exactly. Go to Kim and she will take care of you as you can see. <laughs> And Kim, thank you so much. Before we end, I like to ask my guests these two questions. The first question is, what have you learned in life that you would like to share with the audience? Yeah, well, you know, Talia, I'm old, so I've learned a lot. (laughs) But, and I was really, I was really, I was thinking about this. And here's what I'm going to say. The things in life that are the simplest are the most profound. Mm. So we think about the simple value of food, of fruits and vegetables, 
but they are so profound for so many reasons. The food we take in provide nourishes our body. It can act as medicine. It helps us feed our mind and it supports that socialization aspect. And ultimately at the end of the day, it is not the things you buy, not the things even that you, that you create, it's the things that have been created for us that are already mm -hmm. there. The simple things in nature that heal beyond repair. Wise words of wisdom. Thank you for sharing that. And it's so important what we put in our body also, because a lot of times it shows on the outside. And you touched on this earlier, you know, about your skin, your hair, your nails. If things are not looking so great on the outside, you may need to feed the inside better things than what you're currently giving yourself. So yeah. Great. I mean, look, I'm almost a hundred and look how good I look. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a hundred. No, you do no, I'm not. Great. <laughs> you, yes, you are doing very well. <laughs> and the final question, Kim, is what's next for you? Yeah. Well, on a, on a personal note, because I always think that, you know, professionals talk a lot about professionally, but I think I think that it's so important when we are given this life that um, that we do take advantage of it. And it's really easy to get bogged down in what we have to do. So I'd like to start by what I get to do. And in about nine or 10 days, I'll be trekking through Iceland in the middle of Iceland for six days, uh, staying in little huts. So I'm very excited about that, taking a little break um, and then coming back and, and, you know, just continuing to work to serve the cancer concerned community. Um, that is, and I don't know why, Talia, I don't know why this is so important to me, but it is. And I feel like I've been, I just am one of those people that when someone comes to me, I really feel like now I'm their family mm -hmm. and I'm going to do everything I can. And my, some, many of my patients have said, you just don't stop till you find an answer. <laughs> I don't stop until I find an answer because you deserve it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you. And we need more people like you in these spaces that really care. You're not just trying to sell something. You really want people to take charge and be educated. And that's the same philosophy that I share also. It's like, give people the knowledge that they need so they can go off and, and do this for themselves. And so thank you for, for everything that you do, Kim. Oh, thank you, Talia. Right back at you. I so appreciate the opportunity. And you're wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. And one last thing I want to add is, well, two. The first one is, I just love your spirit. You just have this Southern hospitality about you that I just love. 
And so um, this is what I think, Kim, that draws people to you is that you're easy to talk to. Hmm. You're great at explaining things. And obviously you truly care and this is your passion. So thank you for, for everything. I, I just can't say that enough because being a cancer survivor myself, I understand how important it is to have the knowledge about how you're feeding your body because that helps prevent recurrence. Thank you. You're welcome. And before we end, Kim, if there is anyone out there who has questions or they wanna get in touch with you, where can they find you? <laughs> I should, I'm laughing because I'm, I, as you're saying that, I, I was like, please do not ask for my Facebook community page because do I know what the name of it? Um, actually, it's Cancer Nutrition IQ. Facebook community page, Cancer Nutrition IQ. I'm also on Instagram. You can tell I have a marketing manager, so <laughs> she deals with all of that. <laughs> um, but uh, absolutely, that's where you're going to find me or certainly there'll be an opportunity. Contact us on cancernutritioniq.com. Go and see the beautiful website. Check it out, everybody. You'll love it. And Kim, thank you again. Before we end, I want to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you for joining us today. That's it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. I hope this episode filled you with hope, inspiration, and information. If you enjoyed the content and found it helpful, please leave a review, rating, and subscribe to the show. It will help others find us so we can share this very important information. Thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate your support and join us for the next episode. Until then, let's keep navigating cancer together. Thank you.